Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Fresh Fitness Food. Sam, with work and podcasting taking up so much of your time, how do you stay on top of your nutrition and keep that beautiful physique? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've got Fresh Fitness Food to thank for that. I've been using them over the past month and already I feel more energised throughout the day. Plus, it's super easy, so it's one less thing to think about. Do you know what? My favourite thing is how it's tailored to you. Put in your goal, preferences, and biometric information, and the next thing you know, there'll be delicious meals on your doorstep. Yeah, it is not just the taste. The variety of meals is just what I've been looking for. It's all taken care of, leaving me more time to come up with great jokes for this podcast. (laughs) Thank goodness, eh? Uh, Even more great news is you can save £60 on a five-day trial when you sign up for emails and texts. All you have to do is use the code LATE60 and the link to the website is in the description of this episode. Enjoy. Mmm. <laughs> Tasty. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to check out new episodes every Wednesday and every Sunday. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking F1 podcast presented by Harry Eid, Sam Sage and me, Ben Hocking. Today, reviewing the Austrian Grand Prix won by Max Verstappen. I mean, the gap was very small, though. Gap was really small. Could have gone either way on this. We'll we'll decline to mention the fact that he pit for the fastest lap and that's why it was so close. But it could have gone either way. Max Verstappen taking a full clean sweep of points over the weekend fastest lap won both races uh, and he now holds an 81 points advantage over Sergio Perez in the drivers championship in the constructors it's only 199 points now separating Red Bull and their nearest challengers it's all good Sam what do you make of that one um well the race itself I mean, despite Max Verstappen absolutely teasing us with a last lap pit stop, do we think something could go wrong? 
you know, you know that, that the engineer can muck it up. He could speak in the pit lane. You know, there's a whole host of things that could go wrong. Nah, nah. nah. Thanks for the uh, nah. the old tease nah. there, you cheeky boy, cheeky Max. Um, if we exclude that though, overall, maybe race of the season so far. It was fantastic. There were some great battles up and down the the, uh, the grid. We saw some good strategy being involved. We had Ferrari randomly ask if they want to do a three stop, which is so Ferrari. Um, you know, I really enjoy watching it. At no point did I think this is dull. Also, the FIA just turned into Oprah Winfrey. You get a black and white flag. You get a black and white flag. You get a black and white flag. And they, it was just endless. It was like an onslaught of track extension. Um, and we're going to get into a little bit more of that later about the proper discussion around it. But generally, I thought it was quite fun. Harry, what do you think? I've decided that if you just ignore Max Verstappen, ignore his existence, F1's banging at the moment. It's in a great place. I think uh, that, and that was a great race. Don't, don't care what you say. It was a good race. And yeah, just pretend he's not there. The uh, looks fun. great as a winger. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. to see him on well the top spot. Yeah, well done. And I, I, you know, signs kept Le- uh, Perez behind for so long, and that meant that Leclerc, you know, got got that win. What a, what a hey. race we had! Now, there's a few question marks there about intimidation that we'll get into a little bit <laughs> later on. Um, to your point, though, there would be 20 points separating the top three constructors without Red Bull. Um, so. Oh. You, have a valid point there. Um, Someone, I think Karun, sorry, Karun Chandok tweeted just now or earlier on that Verstappen would be leading the Constructors' Championship. He leads it by himself. <laughs> by like 51 I, points. I, I, said, <laughs> I said that last week. He's nicked it off me. Oh, I, I mean, it. he is a friend of the podcast, so I'm not surprised that he's taking our information. Classic. It. Anyway, yeah, for him, we'll allow it. We will be talking our moment of the race a bit later on in today's show. We're also going to do a quick review of the sprint race because we had that this weekend. Ferrari, as Sam's already alluded to, looking at a three-stop, declining that, but we'll review uh, their rather successful weekend, the P2 and a P4 for them. Track limits, as Sam has already mentioned again, uh, talk of the town across the weekend. So we'll be getting into whether there needs to be a review of how that's handled, but we're going to start with the race out front. Max Verstappen, he, he won again. He was very good, wasn't he? <laughs> um, he? He didn't lead every lap of the race, which is the first time that's happened in a little while. On the other side of the garage, Sergio Perez managed to recover to podiums in both the sprint race and today's race as well. Sam, after starting P15, what did you make of Perez's fight back to the podium spot? Um, yeah, I mean, it was good. It was good. It's what Sergio Perez needed. He he got the, the hammer down. Uh, sorry, Lewis, no longer your phrase. But he did get the hammer down. He executed a lot of the passes in the right place. He was quite clinical with them. The only person he really kind of got stuck behind because he didn't understand how detection points worked was Carlos Sainz. Um, and I think he made that harder for himself than it really needed to be. But quite honestly, he was in the right place at the right time at every point. Um People might, might might rave about this. People might go, you know, oh, what a fantastic job he's done. I'm not going to extend the compliment that far. When your teammate, who, yes, okay, we all agree that Max Verstappen is of maybe a higher caliber than Sergio Perez, but when your teammate is before his pit stop for a fastest lap, 24, 25 seconds in the lead, the car is clearly capable of being that far ahead. I do believe it is the minimum to get yourself back onto that podium. But he did that and he did it well. He did it assertively. It wasn't scrappy. It wasn't dodgy. You know, there weren't any moments where you're thinking, 
he's about to throw this away. I think he was very calm and collected with how he executed it. So fair play to him. It was exactly what he was required of. And he did exactly that. So he finally had a weekend that was just, if you ignore the first half of the weekend, the, the race itself was exactly, you know, boxes ticked, confidence gained. He could go on from this, hopefully thinking now we'll have a month of good Grand Prix in front of him. Yeah, a busy period coming up for in the next five weeks or something like that. Harry, what did you make of his fight back? Uh, yeah, it, it was good. Um, you know, a clean comeback. As Sam said, it, he got a bit stuck behind Carlos Sainz, who, yeah, just just learn from your mistakes, mate. You do it three times where you uh, you didn't get the detection point right. Um, and, you know, we saw Verstappen do a similar move earlier on and did it and nailed it first time. So uh, criticism there. P3, he should have been P2, shouldn't he? I know he's coming from 15th, but the pace that car has, uh, I think he probably should have been P2. So he should have been P2 in both races uh, and he was only in the in the sprint. So I, that shouldn't happen. But as you say, Sam, it was probably a nice little confidence boost today. So hopefully that he can then take that into... Um, into this, yeah, very busy month of, of races and, and go on from and push on from there. Uh, but yeah, I think P3 today was the minimum that Perez, Perez should have got. But I think, yeah, he should have been at least P2, really. Unfortunately, this was another occasion where Perez made the weekend far harder for himself than it needed to be. Um, when it comes to Q2, and I think we mentioned this when it came to his Q1 elimination at Monaco when he crashed into Sandoval, you, you're not getting pole in Q2. Like You do not need to be the fastest. You had tenths to spare in that second part of qualifying just to get through to the third part of qualifying. If it had happened where he had made it through to Q3 and it had two track limit violations in that session and it started P10, I think I'd have been more forgiving because at that point, you're at least pushing the limits to try and get first. Here, you're just trying to get into the top 10. And the fact that it not happened not once, twice, but three times in that session is is pretty inexcusable. So a, a lot of the a lot of the hard work that he had to make today was on himself. Having said that, I, th- I think he did all right. I, I think Austria is tricky to. I think it's it's tricky because you can get stuck in DRS trains at Austria, which even given the pace of the Red Bull is difficult. I think one on one overtakes are actually fairly easy to execute because of the amount of DRS you can have around the lap. But actually, these DRS trains can form quite easily. So I think he did an all right job making his way through the field. Um, I think Red Bull should have pit him when the VSC came out, um, but th- which was an error on Red Bull's part and not Sergio Perez's part. Um, but yeah, the second half of the race, Carlos Sainz should have been dispatched far quicker than what he was. We saw Max Verstappen get it on the first time of asking. You've got, you've got two choices. You either dive up the inside of turn three and make your move there, or you buy your time allow yourself to get the DRS, and then you make the move into turn four. Those are your two options. For three consecutive laps, Perez did neither. He kind of half stuck a wheel on the outside or inside, but never fully committed to the move, and then was eaten up again because he didn't have DRS. So he just needed to pick one or the other. Um, Overall, I, I don't think he's a driver of the day candidate. I think he did probably what he needed to do. I, I would say it was satisfactory. I probably wouldn't go any further, though. 
I think what about Max real Verstappen risk. though, Sam? Sorry, sorry, but I'm just going to butt in. Actually, I don't want done talk oh, about yeah. Sergio. Uh, well, I cite delay, folks. If you know, that's how bad my internet is. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Sergio needs to stop making it harder for himself on the Saturday. He needs to get his act together, and because th- there is a a risk of people being over complimentary about the fact that he's overtaking, I don't know, ten cars in a race in by far the fastest car on the track, and realistically, it's kind of self glorification. When if you just got the job done in the first instance then you wouldn't need to worry about this. You might actually have a shot at race wings. You might have a shot at beating Ferrari. You might have a shot at backing up Verstappen or beating him because Verstappen probably wouldn't have been able to stop on what lap 70, what two or three, whatever it was for the fastest lap. If Sergio Perez had started in second place or even third place for that matter, or even probably fifth or sixth place for that matter. Um, And yet Sergio Perez believes that he's very much still a candidate to be the top driver for you know, the season, which is, you know, mad. You're right, though. I think definitely not a driver of the day candidate. Just a, you got the job done that realistically you've made harder for yourself. This was the bare minimum. Yeah, we'll get into driver of the day and worst driver of the day in a couple of minutes time. Any any words on Verstappen at all, Sam, or was it? Um, there's not too much to say at this point, is there? <laughs> he's, so, he's so bloody good. I wish I was that good at anything I've ever done in my life ever because it's, now I, I get it. It's like perfect combination of driver who is top 1% of all time, realistically at this point in his career. And compared to, you know, combined with a car that is probably top 1% of all time, if you were to put them across dominant cars ever now, and you put those two together as a formula and you think you are spectacular. But what is scary is, you know, you look at where Perez is in that Red Bull and that in theory, if you were to copy and paste Perez and have two Perez's driving in that Red Bull car, Red Bull wouldn't really be leading this championship. Red Bull would not be fighting up the front every race. Red Bull would not be winning every Grand Prix. It wouldn't be nine race wings in a row this season for Red Bull. Max Verstappen really is such a differential and defining factor for that team that is making the difference. He goes the extra 10, 20, 30%. I don't know how much further he's pushing, but the guy is able to just pick up seconds after seconds on everyone else. And it really, when it comes down to those historic arguments, it really does show, you know, we had it with Hamilton and Bottas or, you know, when Bottas was in the car, Bottas would regularly not be second place in the driver's championship, but Hamilton would be a hundred points clear by the end of the year or something like that. Verstappen is doing the same thing. So, I'm not going to go into it too much. It was another flawless uh, victory from Max Verstappen. Didn't lead every single race, but at this point, who really cares? Um, the guy knows exactly what he's doing and he's doing it so easily. The fact that he was able to take a risk and pit at the end as well just shows how comfy they are. Well done to Max again. It's just spectacular. I'm surprised he remembers how to pull off an overtake, Harry. Well, it's, exactly. It's been <laughs> such a long time for him. Um I'd, I'll try. I tried to find this, uh, different words to say uh, to describe how he is, but he's just pretty good. Isn't he? <laughs> like the 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 flex at the end of the race with the uh, oh, with the late pit stop, as you mentioned, Sam. That is that is. I don't know, people be like, oh, showing off, blah blah blah. But that it's not. It's it's that is team and driver and car like working perfectly together. There was. You you you've got twenty four seconds, so it's it's okay. But like as you say, if something goes wrong, you you could lose the race win here to to Leclerc. But nothing goes wrong. They come into the pits, they um, change tires in like two point something, and then and then he off he goes, and then nails the fastest lap, and then 
Uh, he even had the time to swerve left outside. and right down the straight to warm the tyres up. While Leclerc is desperately going, I'm catching up. I'm catching up at the back here. Verstappen's just like, left and right and left and right. Just get these tyres nice and warm. Um, and Leclerc is desperately going, please, please wait. It's just hilarious, the difference between them. Yeah. I can't remember the exact numbers on this, but I, I think it was about two seconds or so that Verstappen was slower on his outlap versus Leclerc's lap because he was just, he just had that, he was so confident in allowing that gap to become that small in order to then go and set the fastest lap by, I think, a full second um, on, on Perez's attempt, which of course you would do given new soft tyres. But um, yeah. no, nothing, nothing ever looks out of control. I was thinking that yesterday, not yesterday, Friday when we were watching qualifying, it, that last sector, he flew through it, but it, it all looked calm. And then you watched Leclerc desperately trying to beat yeah. that time. And he looked like it was on the edge, like he was about to fly off the road. I mean, I thought he was at one point. So it's just, but everything just is so effortless. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. I think in terms of it's not cockiness and it is just full belief in one another. I, I was thinking with the pit stop, maybe you just Red Bull just say, okay, we don't need to risk too much here. Let's do a safe three-second pit stop, which for other teams would probably be their average or even beating their average. But for them, it obviously is is quite a bit worse than their 2.2, 2.3 that they usually get. Nope. They will still go all out to deliver the absolute fastest pit stop they possibly can, um, even though that, in theory, would increase the risk of the stop. There's just such confidence. It's admirable. Driver of the day, Sam. Um, well, it's down to two for me, and I'll, I'll give a few names as to who we can have in consideration that won't be getting it. Sergio Perez, as we said, I think a lot of people might be considering him for me. Just got the job done uh, that he made himself have to do. Uh, Carlos Sainz, I thought, had an excellent drive up until he got the penalty. His defending was great. His moves around the uh, the cars near him were great. I think for the most part, he had the pace over Leclerc and did a great job essentially keeping Perez away. So Leclerc got the... Uh, the second place. Um, and I'm, I think I'm going to have to go separately from Max Verstappen as well. I'm going to give it to Lando Norris. I think not only was that McLaren, the updated McLaren, really, really good. I think Lando Norris did what Max Verstappen did in his Red Bull, but essentially fighting with the rest of the cars. The way he held on to the back of science, the way he managed to uh, get past Hamilton, the lack of track limits that uh, Norris saw himself break as well was fantastic. Um, the communication between him and his team, all that's going on. Norris, when he's up the front, he's got a car that can handle it, really still is such a huge threat. Proved it today. Lando Norris is driver of the day. Yeah, I don't have too much more to add or to change there. Um, signs, I thought was great. I think pace-wise, that was his best weekend of the season so far. Um, I was really impressed with how he got on. Lando Norris as well. He's going to be delighted with where that car is now versus where it was um, or where Piastri still is. And I bet Piastri, having seen Lando Norris, is going to be very happy to, to be in that new car come Silverstone. My driver of the day is Max Verstappen because he... He won and he was quick. <laughs> <laughs> Simple as it gets, really. Yep. Oh, yeah. Harry? I think there's two for me. Uh, you're right on signs. He had a, he had a good race, um, uh, especially with that defence towards the end. But I think the two uh, you've already mentioned are Norris and, Norris and Verstappen. I think 
I'll go Norris because Verstappen gets it all the time now. So let's give Lando everything he bloody wants. Oh, I know. So let's give Lando a shout. I thought he was. He's really good around Austria, isn't he? He just loves, loves Austria. Loves Austria. <laughs> <laughs> loves it. Um, yeah, and also a lack of. It, well, we did, well, I guess we didn't hear it, but a lot of drivers were getting quite irate out there. Lewis Hamilton, Carlos Sainz. Um, but Alexander Lando Norris, very calm. Alex Albon, yeah. Lando was very calm. And it really made me laugh when his engineer was like, I know you'll hate me, but... <laughs> <laughs> but again, there was no like pushback from Lando. He just, just got on with it and he was very impressive. So obviously Verstappen is, is also driver of the day, but I'll go to Lando. Staying with you, Harry. Worst driver of the day. Oh, I'm going to have to go for Hall of Famer, little Yuki. Well, Ben, you gave him under pressure for this weekend and he duly did not deliver. Oh, the pressure <laughs> got My bad. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. he he. Just everything went wrong for him today, didn't it? Quite feisty on the opening lap. Quite being, I guess, uh, ambitious word. Very feisty. Um, and then just, you know, track limits all the time. I don't know how many penalties he got on the end. They kept flashing up so much. I was like, oh, Yuki's got another penalty. Not sure, not sure what for, but something. Uh, but yeah, I'll go for, I'll go for Yuki Sonoda. You know how you mentioned Lando Norris loves Austria. I think Yuki Sonoda really hates Austria. Do you remember a couple of years ago, I guess it was when he got multiple penalties for not coming into the pits correctly. <laughs> yeah. And he kept crossing over the line. He did it. I think he did it twice. Um, it's a fair shout and I'm going to copy and paste your answer. Yuki Sonoda is my worst driver of the day. That is one of the worst first laps I've seen in a long time. Oh, the, disgusting. Not the, 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 <laughs> the incident that saw him go onto the gravel is one thing. The turn one incident. Where was he going? There was absolutely no room to go on the inside of that. It gets pretty narrow. Like the angles don't work when you go that far on the Man's inside. Man's playing F123. He genuinely was. He was expecting all the AI to just not go very quickly into the corner. Um, but unfortunately, he wasn't driving against AI. So that was awful in itself. He then went all the way round turn three, which was a bold strategy and we saw if it was going to pay off and it just about did. But then he just decided to break 12 years too late, which is why he's in the Hall of Fame in the first place for turn uh, <laughs> turn four. And that was it. I And the rest of the race didn't improve from there. So Yuki Sonoda for me. Sam? I, I don't, I don't, sorry, Sam. I, I feel like Yuki just didn't know when to stop pushing his luck in that first lap. Like he, he just again. about got away. I got away with it in turn one just, but he's lost a bit of front wing. Turn two slash three. Oh, this has worked. At that point, back out of it, Yuki. Stop. Take your take win. Your, yeah, take your wins. <laughs> Off you go. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm on the same boat as you two, but you know the you know the SpongeBob meme where he puts his hands above his head and he draws the rainbow as he does that, right? Yeah. I'm, just, I'm going with I'm going with Alpha Tauri today. <laughs> by far, just collectively, absolute horse dung as a <laughs> unit like Yuki get so many penalties but was not helped by Alpha Tauri mucking up the, the pit stop where he had to service the penalty right failed to serve penalty correctly that's not Yuki's fault why do teams struggle with that so much 
Count to five, everyone. Count to five. Come on now. You've got a watch. You've got all the technology in the world. There's even a man there with a watch helping you. And then on the other side of the garage, wasn't as bad, but Nick DeVries, you were still complete poop. You just decided that Magnuson once again, you just hate him. He's got a vendetta yeah. against K-Mag. He's not there. D don't exist. No track for you, K-Mag. You, you like rally in the gravel for you, sunshine. <laughs> also, track limits. Ignore them. That was fun. Um, as a team, they were wholeheartedly crud. Can't say other words, folks, because this is a family-friendly podcast. But they were pants, rubbish. Put them in the bin. Go to the next race to start again. It was so bad. With Nick DeVries... And we saw exactly the same thing throughout his Formula E career as well. Just does not leave any room. I hate it. I, I hate it. it. I, I hate it. I hate it. it. <laughs> that truck. Um, on honorable shout out for West Driver of the Day, but I don't think is a contender compared to the Alpha Tauri drivers. Lewis Hamilton. I don't was, think it was at all close to worst driver of the day. I'm not saying I'm not saying he was. I'm, I'm just saying worst attitude of the day. Worst attitude worst of the day. Stinky. He was also a bit slow. Well, his brakes didn't work, mate. Most of the time. But the, but they weren't broken. There wasn't an issue. They just was not very good. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. It felt like ever since his Q1 elimination on the Saturday morning, he just kind of from that point onwards was like, nah can't be bothered with this week anymore. <laughs> don't want to yeah, do this anymore. Yeah, literally like, get me out of here. I'm done. He was not in the mood, was he? Um, big brain strategy of the day, Sam. Uh, I've mentioned it already on the podcast. It's three-stop Ferrari. Absolutely <laughs> love it. They just out of nowhere. What do you think about the three-stop? Also, no. better is Stroll <laughs> went and did the three-stop anyway. It was like, yeah, you know what? Bit of that cake over there. Cut me a slice. I'm having a bite. Um, honestly... Look, Ferrari, let Sykes do the strategy work because the man knows what he's doing. He's very good at it. Seems to he's bit got a bit of a long sewing in my think about the whole dictating the race from inside the car. You, Ferrari, the people paid to do the strategy, have a day off. Go and sit down, enjoy yourselves. Sykes will run it from the uh, the car, I think. My one is I, I think Lawrence Stroll needs to talk to someone at Sky Sports and get Bernie Collins back because there oh. are some questionable decisions they're making this year. Yeah. Um, the, and I'm not even... The Alonso one, I'm going to park that. It's actually the Lance Stroll one for me that I thought was a pretty terrible idea. So everyone around Lance Stroll decided to pit under the VSC. Good idea. <laughs> Lance Stroll, nah, not, not going to pit him. He was on the medium tyre. He was on the same tyre as all the others that stopped. No, not going to stop him. He does the full lap. Aston Martin realise, oh, they might have been onto something here. Let's pit him now. And then the VSC ends as soon as he's in the pits. That was, it wasn't even a split second decision they had to make on that either. That was just a poor play. Like they really should have pit him there. And he came out in what, 15th place? Lance Stroll actually had some solid pace this weekend. He was pretty much on a par, I'd say, with Alonso. Obviously he beats him just about in the sprint race, out-qualified him as well. And then obviously that that kind of ruined it from there. He got back to 10th for a point, but I, I feel like a 7th was probably on the cards for him. Harry? Uh, you've taken both of mine. Uh, sorry, so I'll, uh, sorry, sorry, mate. Sorry, I I'll land on... Oh, God. 
Yeah, I mean the Ferrari one was ridiculous. Ferrari again today. They 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 gave it a good go to try and make things just work. Just did it one wing. Just did it one wing. No, like the uh, uh, and and I guess I in the end. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. Why why not? Anyway, the, they just <laughs> the three stop thing was bad. I think in the first stint, they probably I, I it was marginal, but I think they probably should have let signs go. I think they definitely. I should definitely have. think yeah. they should have let them go. So, yeah. Let's. I'll just. I'll just summarise as Ferrari, which is what this uh, this award is made for. So I'll, I'll go for them. It is a fair point. We're going to take our first quick break, and we'll be back discussing track limits on the other side. Bye. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Congratulations to anyone who kept up with the amount of track limit penalties that occurred and black and white flags that were thrown around. Um, Pretty much half the grid managed to find themselves getting at least a five-second time penalty as a result of track limits. Um, There were a lot of complaints throughout the week because it didn't start there either. There were plenty that were done in qualifying. Nearly 50 laps were deleted in qualifying as a result of track limits. So, Sam, do you think the system needs to be reviewed at all? I know some of the drivers started uh, complaining and pitching their own ideas on this. Uh, don't care what the drivers think on this one. Um, track limits 100% need to be enforced. There needs to be a line that you can't cross. Like with any sport, there has to be an out-of-bounds line. And I think this is the first time in a long time that we've seen a proper, you know, we're stamping it down. We're, we're, we're putting down our foot, not allowed to, um, you're not allowed to go outside these lines and you get told off. What I actually would like to see more of is firstly, I know it's hard for us, the viewer, but I think the FIA need to be faster and more up to date with who is doing what it took laps on laps to finally get a, someone's getting a black and white flag, but they went across that line like seven or eight laps ago. And you're like, well, that might change how they're racing. They might've gone wide again in that time because they've not been informed. You know, it needs to be faster, more coherent. The FIA needs to be more transparent with how they're delivering those messages. You've got people like Hamilton who, whilst he had an absolute stinker on, needs to go over and have a think about what's going on. I think quietly in a little room. He was very right to sit there and go, well, I've seen other drivers go across the line, left, right and centre. Are they getting pulled up on things? And only when that came up, did you suddenly start seeing a flurry of black and white flag, black and white flag, five second penalty. Um, so it felt like they're always seven or eight laps behind. Secondly, I love the fact that the white line is now the law, right? You put all four tyres past the white line. That's the law. The way to stop people doing that, and some people will disagree with this, is just to surround the track without runoff area, but have gravel. So you're punished for actually running off of trap limits. You know, you put a bit of curb up, fine, but you go past the curb, you're in gravel. And we saw what happened with quite a few drives, the likes of Sonoda running straight off. K-Mag obviously went off into the gravel. A few other people took a little trip into the uh, the gravel as well. You get punished if you go wide. It's more than just gaining time. That way you haven't got to worry about it. I think gravel works. 
that would also be how I might revise the system. But in terms of how penalties are given, no, you stick to the white line and that's the rules of the sport. I don't think we need to change anything just because drivers are having a whinge. What did you make of all the track limits this weekend, Harry? Uh, yeah, shut up, drivers, uh, firstly, because it's, you know, stop, stop going out. But I agree with Sam. There needs to be a better way because it's it, overall, the FIA or the stewards, uh, etc., et were, were right in what they did and the way they policed it, I think. I know they were a bit slow on some of them, but to be honest, there were so many of them that I can, I can sort of understand why. But yeah, there needs to be a better way. Gravel, yes, I think is an obvious one. But I, I almost kind of think um, Austria had this solution a few years ago. And then I guess the drivers complained. They had the rumble strips that were quite harsh if you went over them yeah. and sometimes broke your car. That For me, that why is that not a solution? Because just don't, you don't go over the rumble strips then because your car will break. And I know people say, well, that's dangerous because they may break the car and have a massive accident. But... I, I just don't don't drive on them. Uh, <laughs> that would be the solution. So, and it's the same for if gravel was there, you would they wouldn't go out there, or if there was a barrier there. We're obviously not going to be a barrier there, but it, it's that uh, incentive to not not to go out that far. It's just um, there's got to be a better way of doing it. I think the way it was police was for this track uh, in its current state. They they did it correctly. Um, I still think there's too many warnings, black and white flags, etc. before you get a penalty, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I think there needs to be something different there going forward because it's not a good look for Formula One having this. I know it's it's funny to see all the penalties come up. It's good for us to chat about, etc. But it, overall, it's not a... Imagine if the, we came down to the race win being decided by that. I think it just looks a bit stupid. Um, so... Yeah, they did the right thing today, but I think moving forward, something needs to change on that track because perhaps I just have some gravel there because they won't go there. They won't even go near it. They don't go near it on the exit of turn four. So why would they go near it on the exit of turn nine and ten? Loved every second of it. Absolutely <laughs> loved it. <laughs> Thank you. The FIA policing something and doing it consistently. I know the drivers hated it. I know some fans hated it. I loved it. Loved it. Thank you. I. If you don't want to get penalties, I've got a great idea. Stay in the track. <laughs> like that's what. I've got to give. Gotta give yeah. David Croft a lot of credit for this because he had a spot-on analogy here when he was discussing this with Ted Kravitz on Sky Comms, which was, should we should we turn up at Wimbledon next yeah. week and just yeah. uh, just test out having um, having balls that are landing out of bounds are actually fine now? It was a great comparison, and why should it be any different here? The track is the track, and the FIA are very clear. If you go outside of that white line, that is the point you are off track. There is no confusion as to where that is. The drivers are all aware of it from the first moment of practice all the way through to the race, and they know it's going to be penalized. Great. Nothing more needs to be done. If you want to if you want to play it safer, but risk being a bit slower, that is on the driver. The driver then makes the decision. Do they want to be, be safer within track limits, but potentially get rid of a couple of temps on their lap or add a couple of temps on their laps? Or would you rather go the other way, play it a bit riskier, but know that you will get penalised, you will get um, you will get your laps invalidated, like 
Perez did, for example, in, in Q2. That is on the driver. That is strategy. That is part of what makes Formula One or should make Formula One the best motorsport in the world the best motorsport series in the world. If you want it to be the pinnacle of motorsport, this is the sort of thing you have to do. You can't give in to drivers who say this is too difficult. No, it's your decision. You're the driver out on track. You play it however you want. You face the consequences if you can't stick to whatever the rules are that we say. Agree on your points in terms of gravel and um, the sort of increased curbs like that that's absolutely fine and agree on those but even without those i don't think the penalty system needs to be adjusted whatsoever the only thing that needs adjusting is the drivers and their approach to it the drivers that were well disciplined out there today were rewarded those that were um those that weren't they were punished there were a few positions decided because of penalties i'm absolutely fine with it don't care um the only the only thing i would say is that I think there should be some sort of... They've got such a massive list of graphics that they have nowadays. I think they should have... They should make it easier for the the person watching to see who's got what. Um, I think the system... Yeah, yeah I, I, just a, uh, whether whether it is a graphic or whether... Um, similar to how they've got it on the Codemasters games, to be honest. like With them, you know straight away as to... Um, <laughs> 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 Come on, Harry. Oh, uh, this is my first podcast, everyone. <laughs> Too busy to talk to his dad. <laughs> it wasn't even. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. Did you did you actually have a point? I was just agreeing with you. I was just oh, about right. to say like the F one game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. I whether they could actually put something like that in, just so everyone knows. Okay, this person has had a black and white flag. This person is going to get a penalty the next time they they go over. And then uh, I actually think that adds to the drama because if you are closing in on the last few laps and you've got the driver in first who's one warning away from a penalty and you can very easily see and detect that, I think that adds to the drama. Whereas right now, I think you'd have a situation where it's unknown and someone might have forgotten about it. Um, so... I, I was just so happy that they they stuck to their guns and didn't give in on this. Yeah. yeah. Um, little little question, I guess, for both of you. How do you both feel about having to serve five-second penalties before the end of the race and by doing that? Because you're thinking, obviously, the, the current way to do that is take a pit stop, sit at the pit stop and wait. Obviously, that's got actually a five-second penalty if you're just having to drive in and drive out again. But what do you, would you feel like if we had, on tracks that can, almost like a joker corner that was five seconds long that if you had to serve a penalty before the race but you haven't got a pit stop left you have to declare i'm going through the joker corner to make up my five second penalty because i think it can be confusing for new viewers to go this person served their penalty but this person didn't so they're going to drop down places and you know so on so on so i feel like that could make a bit more exciting and a bit more on track action rather than just deciding things on a timing screen afterwards go on harry I, uh, they do something like this in MotoGP, don't they? I think Joker lap type. They do it in Rallycross. Yeah, I, I think I, I think the solution is to keep it, uh, or not to confuse people. I think the solution is, as you've already mentioned, with a graphic rather than the Joker lap, because then I, I guess you then get into the situation as of why are people doing Joker laps. And then what if you have to have a joker lap for every race, but then no one gets a penalty? I don't know. It feels uh, convoluted. But I, I appreciate the point that there needs to be a better way to 
to show it to people because I think if you weren't, I mean, I don't think I kept up with all the everyone who got a penalty this afternoon. I don't think I could name all of them. The little graphic that came up at the bottom we've never had before saying these drivers still haven't taken their five second penalty. I think they, I think they made that up on the spot. Yeah, I they're like, that. oh my yeah. god, I need to do something. Just do it on Canva, <laughs> sort of template. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I think today as probably, I bet they already think about this at the F1 TV, <laughs> F1 TV offices, um, a better way to show it if we get into that situation again. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think I'd just find a way to better present it. What I would say actually the two, I think what was your original point, Sam, about the time delay between it actually happening and the penalty being given. I don't think we saw this today, but I was wondering whether we would see it late on was we still had um, a driver is being investigated for track limits, essentially the last time um, where they would get the penalty. I could envisage a situation where a driver desperately at that point, as soon as they get that warning, comes into the pits to avoid having to serve the five seconds in the pits, knowing that if they do it that way round, the five seconds added on at the end of the race will cost them less than it will serving it in the pits. So if there is that delay between it's being investigated and it's being handed out, at that point, I, I can see a team going, right, pit the driver now and we will lose less as a result of that, which we should really avoid. Yeah, I mean, clever tactics as well. But yes, I agree that we want to mitigate that. If, you are, if you're being penalised, you should be penalised. Um, completely unrelated point, but breaking news. Aston Martin have uh, lodged a protest over the results of the race. Oh, what do they, what do they want? Like, do they want Alonso to win? <laughs> Anything specifically? <laughs> no, no. Well, that's it's just, just breaking now. No idea. Yet undisclosed, apparently. News just in. <laughs> Aston Martin don't fancy Verstappen winning. <laughs> they think apparently, everyone everyone else in front of Alonso should be disqualified oh apparently the reason is we don't like it <laughs> oh that's well, good to know good to more know. on that later um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll take our next short break we'll be discussing Ferrari right after this Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. After a few difficult results lately, Ferrari managed to find themselves quite comfortably as the second best team out there today, providing the fact that Aston Martin's claim of the race being invalid doesn't come through. Um, they finished second and fourth. So Charles Leclerc was second and Carlos Sainz fourth. They also had um, a man on the podium in the sprint race as well. So it went very well for them. And they now sit just 20 points behind Mercedes, who are in second, Ferrari uh, still in fourth. Pretty good weekend for them, Sam. What did you make of their efforts? 
this has been a bit of a good turnaround for Ferrari. The last couple of race weekends, the uh, the bench up, update, as I like to call it, for Ferrari, which turns their side point into what literally looks like a park bench that you can sit on. Um, it seems to be doing them some favours because arguably in Canada, they were the closest car to Red Bull. And now in Austria, you know, they've been the closest car to Red Bull. And Fernando Alonso, obviously, you might remember, came out and said, you know, I'll never not be on the podium again. Well, Aston Martin have, you know, diminished their pace in the last couple of races. They've been nowhere near, really, consistently what they were doing the first half of this first half of the season we've had so far. So it looks like Leclerc, Sainz and Ferrari have started to slowly turn it around. It looks like they are becoming the more consistent second fastest team of the lot. In the, the championship that we're all interested in, that isn't Red Bull dominating, Ferrari do look like they are leading the way. Now, I think it goes both ways. I think the Ferrari updates of what Freddie Vass is starting to employ is starting to take effect. We're starting to see his mind work within Ferrari, and now it's starting to take hold. You've got to remember, he joined at the start of the year. So everything that probably went on anywhere between March through to maybe May time, wasn't really of his doing. He probably thought, yeah, the numbers look good. We'll see how it goes. And now he's started to get his fingers into the the lovely R&D pies to see if he could cook up a nice little update. And, you know, maybe this is the first one we're seeing because it does seem to be working. And whilst they're still nowhere near Red Bull, you know, Max Verstappen and Red Bull were truly dominant today, they completely outclassed Mercedes. McLaren with their new updates, despite also beating Mercedes, still weren't really in touching distance of them. Aston Martin, 6th and 10th, not really anywhere close to them the whole time. And, you know, when Perez is having a bad day, which is more often than not at the moment, Ferrari are able to capitalise. So it's looking on the up. If they can keep this momentum going, they can keep bringing a few more upgrades. They can keep growing the car in the right direction, which, you know, in fact, transitions into the 2024 season. Great. They've got a good car on their hands. I feel... Very positive for them. Leclerc did a brilliant job, but also Sainz was great at defending and shielding Leclerc. And we've all said on the podcast already, we arguably think that Sainz should have got past Leclerc and been allowed to race off on his own. And maybe the result will look different. Maybe that gap that Verstappen had to pit into wouldn't have been there if Sainz had been allowed to go through that early in the Grand Prix. But my point is, they had a brilliant Grand Prix. It's been their best for a while, I think. And it's nice to see that updates for them are actually taking effect and they're actually having a positive outcome because of them. I feel good. Do you share in the optimism, Harry? Yeah, I think I think the the most optim or most positive thing for Ferrari today is their race pace. Um because they've been there a few on a few occasions in qualifying this year and then sort of been nowhere in the race or fallen back in the race. But today they were well, they were nearest challenges to Red Bull, which I don't think that's really been the case since potentially Bahrain, but even then there's questionable with, with uh, Alonso's pace in the Aston Martin. So yeah, I encouraging, very encouraging signs. I, I'm on the same sort of wavelength as I was uh, for Mercedes after Spain, of which at the moment, oh, oh dear. Um, <laughs> because Ferrari were quite good here last year. Again, maybe it's just that sort of thing, but but I have to say it was, it was encouraging for, for them today. I know they tried to mess things up with strategy, but even that, they even the, the car was good enough to even make up for that. So, yeah, definitely encouraging signs for Ferrari. But I think that, you know, the position of second fastest team this year has swung from race to race. So I would not be surprised if next race, Mercedes are second fastest again. I mean, I, I mean, they're on the verge of writing another apology letter after today. But I'm surprised we haven't uh, seen one, mate. 
I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, but next race, it could all be different again. They've got upgrades coming, uh, as we know, for for next race, Mercedes. So it could swing. So definitely encouraging, but I, I just need to see a, a few more races to think or to, to conclude that they are now the second fastest team. Yeah, definitely. I don't think we've had a race this year. Oh, sorry, I don't think we've had two races this year back to back where the second fastest team has been the same. Um, it seems as if every single race is um, a, a new team. We definitely had, um, you know, Ferrari looked pretty good in Bahrain, uh, the first race of the season, but then they were awful at Jeddah where Aston Martin were far better. And then Aston Martin had been off the boil in the last couple of races, whereas Mercedes came into prominence at Spain. Ferrari were good here. They were good at Azerbaijan. Miami, they weren't as good. So it, it is completely going all over the place, this battle for second, which to a point we made earlier, be interesting if that was for first, not to, <laughs> obviously you've just got to just stand rub by. it in, mate. Just I know, rub it in. I know. It doesn't you, exist. I told you, it doesn't exist. McLaren doesn't are coming as well because they, they want to continue the trend of different second fastest car. Next, <laughs> next rate, it's Silverstone, Piastri, third and fourth, I reckon. <laughs> They weren't far off today, and I'm very glad um, we had, we haven't done this yet um, in terms of reviewing bold predictions. But I'm I'm very glad Piastri didn't have the upgrade as well. Um, Not my words. Copy and paste for next race. I'm I'm sticking to it. It's happening again. We'll have to see if it will count this time, though. Um, uh, yeah, it's that that that. Don't you dare! <laughs> I don't know about that, mate. But we. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um overall I, I i i think i'm yeah i agree with harry you just need to see more than one race um certainly in terms of charles leclerc needs to work out why his car doesn't work as soon as there is a drop of rain on the circuit um because spain we had something similar here just had nothing in qualifying got nothing left um but was absolutely fine out there on the sunday and on the friday um but carlos and again carlos Sainz, i think that was probably his best weekend of the season so far he just had he had great pace all weekend long i definitely would have let carlos Sainz go in the first part of that race because yeah verstappen probably would have just sailed off into the distance anyway but Give it a go, Ferrari. You ain't got much to lose, mates. Like, <laughs> go, go for it. Oh, um, well. Yeah, why not? So, yeah, overall, pretty encouraging. They did try their best on a few occasions to make it not so, but they stuck to it. My overall conclusion is this. If you bring the softest tyres to a race weekend, Ferrari will be great. If you bring the hardest tyre compounds to a race weekend, Mercedes will be great. And then if it's anything in between, Aston Martin will be great. It just seems as if they are at completely opposite ends of that because as, as soft as the tyres will get, Ferrari are great. But Mercedes um, on the hard tyres seem to be better. So, yeah, need to see more though. See more butts. <laughs> great <laughs> reference there. <laughs> right. Should we review bold predictions, as I've already oh, alluded to it? Oh, yeah, we did so well. Let's start Smashed with it. you, Harry. What was your bold prediction? Uh, I said uh, that Laplan was coming into force this weekend and both Alpines would be in the top seven in the, in the Grand Prix, in the main race. And Gasly tried. He gave it a good go, didn't he? Gave it a good go. Ocon was asleep. Don't know where he was, but uh, yeah, no, it's a no. 
It's a no on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they weren't very quick, were they, in the end? Oh, the team that were quick on half for the garage was McLaren, which relates to Sam's bold prediction. Look, I got quite excited when I saw that Lando Norris, and, and to be fair, in the sprint shootout, Piastri wasn't too far off either. And I was like, okay, looking positive. Piastri's going to come forward in the main race and Lando will just hold on. And then, yeah, I don't think Piastri had a bad race at all. I guess it shows you how much the car was struggling and how good the car could be. Um, but yeah, you know what? I'm not too gutted about this one. Off. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, we'll ignore that. Um, I just, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> got another one wrong. Sue me, F1. Don't do that, please. I'll be broke. <laughs> and to complete the fact that the abacuses do not to be cha- do not need to be changed whatsoever on this race weekend, I did not get my bold prediction right. I said that the top five in qualifying would be separated by less than a tenth. Charles Leclerc did do that. So well done, God Leclerc. The problem is he he didn't bring three people along with him. So <laughs> it's very much wrong. And I am glad because at least there was one driver who was within that one-tenth gap. If I'd said it for the sprint shootout, I could not be more wrong if I tried because Verstappen dominated that one. But well done, Leclerc. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no movement at all. Speaking of sprint races... Uh, Harry, how do you find that? Look, it was entertaining. It was entertaining, and I will not deny that it was entertaining. But it's not because it was a bloody sprint race. It would have been that entertaining had it been a normal size race, and it was only entertaining because there was a bit of rain and there was some like strategy at play. There was strategy, so that made it interesting. I don't care. I don't care. I said this in the Discord afterwards. Do you know what would have made it better? 50 more laps on the end of it. It would have been belting. But it no. won't catch on. It won't catch on. <laughs> As a concept, that's never catching up. I'd, yeah, call it a Grand Prix or something. Um, Not either, yeah, then. look. No, it's <laughs> one <Sounds> French. <laughs> Can't speak French. <laughs> i let the funky music do the talking. Oh, um, God, it goes <laughs> loud, reference. Oh, man. <laughs> The Dean Coyle on the podcast. Oh, God, <laughs> Floyer. City, city girl. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, my point is, yes, it was entertaining, but uh, it just doesn't justify the need. It was just sort of getting there and then it finishes. I'm just, I just feel like short changed by a sprint race, even when it's entertaining, because I'm just like, well, where's the rest of it? Because I, w- I wanted to keep going. <laughs> it's the next day, I was day, a foot long. I walked away with, with a bit of crust from Subway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I, yeah, for, I will not deny that it was entertaining. It was a very entertaining 24 laps. That's not what I want. Jack Mauer loves I want, it. I want, yeah, exactly. I want more than that. Um, so, entertaining, but I still hate them. I can't stop picturing now walking in and asking for a sprint subway. <laughs> <laughs> you just get up at the end of it. <laughs> oh, man. Sam, what did you make of it? Uh, um, oh, no, boys. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh, no. I actually thought it was all right. <laughs> I'm not saying it wasn't all right, yeah, but, but I still ate it. That's my, that's my point, right? If you were to... The reasons why it was all right, okay. 
changeable conditions, strategy, and, you know, different tactics at play. That makes any race enjoyable. It doesn't matter whether it's spring, main race, whatever. I don't care where it is. That is what makes a fun race. Competitive cars, different tactics, um, changeable conditions, don't know what tyres are good. At any point, that makes it fun. And because it now doesn't reset the grid order for Sunday, I don't care if Sergio Perez makes up the places that he missed up because he's still back in 15th place come Sunday. So while I don't think it's perfect, while I don't think it is the solution, while I think it's still a bit of a pain in the backside, I did enjoy just seeing 24 more laps of good racing and that was better than a practice session. And I'm sorry to all you practice worshippers that like watching cars go around with some weird practice metal bits. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll see you out there with your high, your <laughs> flovies and like strolling a bin bag and some, you know, weird metal bits on the side of cars. Sure, I get it. Science is a thing and it's cool. But I did just kind of like seeing more racing. And when it doesn't impact the main race, I don't hate it as much. I don't love it but I'm not the same level as Ben who's about to blow his top. Hate it anymore. Well, people have been wondering whether this sprint race would be the sprint race <laughs> that would change my opinion on this. Maybe no, Austria, uh, maybe Austria could be the track that turns things around and we could deliver a great sprint race. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. My opinion has changed. I think sprint races are even worse than I did before because of <laughs> oh, this race. Good. And I'll explain good. why. Here because, because that was, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the sprint race. But to your point, why did I enjoy it? None of the reasons I enjoyed it had anything to do with the fact that it was a sprint race. And most importantly is this. What is the whole point of sprint races? What is the number one reason they exist? It's because drivers are flat out from the point of the lights going out to the checkered flag. They're completely flat out. No strategy. That's the whole selling point of sprint races is strategy doesn't factor in. Yet, because of conditions changing, strategy was forced upon sprint I mean, races. That's not the sprint's fault. Well, it absolutely is because the sprints <laughs> aren't supposed to have strategy. You blamed inanimate objects organization for weather. I'm the, with him. I'm with him. The, but that is oh. my point. Sprint races aren't supposed to have strategy, yet. It had strategy this time because of something outside of what a sprint would normally have, and it made it great. You, The whole point of sprint races is that they're not supposed to have strategy, yet as soon as one did, it was a fantastic watch. But on an <laughs> any mean, normal that, that sprint, can happen with you any wouldn't normal, get it. That can happen with normal races. Yeah, but we know? have strategy in normal races. We have pit stops. We don't Not have pit stops in a normal sport. We don't, have, we don't have pit stops every no, time. Mean. Hold on, I get to what my point. What are you on about? With a strategy, I'm some I'm races we've had... Let me bloody talk, I'm going to scream! <laughs> Man, we have some races... <laughs> Is he actually <laughs> muting him? <laughs> we have races... <laughs> where... where you know, 
we, we, we have races, right, where you're not allowed to, we pit and it's basically the most dull experience in the world and everyone just circles around on the same two sets of tyres and we cross the line and that's done. And then some races we have where there's changeable conditions. You can apply it to any session. Qualifying gets more exciting. There's changeable conditions. You know, you can't say that that doesn't happen. So I think you're just using the fact that you both don't like sprints to just go, oh, I just don't like them anymore because something was exciting about them. I just... Things can be fun for different reasons and that can be surprising. That's all I'm saying. It was a surprise. I liked it. I thought it was good fun. I'd rather see it over a practice session. Oh, look, they can't talk now because I'm muting them both. I'm going to kick him off in a minute. <laughs> it's it's not fun because it's a sprint race. That's Ben's point, right? It's fun because it's like a Grand Prix, but it's only 24 laps. And what? the yeah. sprint race isn't the isn't the fun part about it. Mini Grand Prix. It was fun. Let's call it Mini Grand Prix but, then. But just have a Grand Prix. Just have you do. the Grand Prix. You do Prix. on the Sunday. I you wouldn't have had that at all if the but race was the only the Sunday. It? The Saturday would have been boring point? anyway. What is the point in it? More fun. My point track. is, the, the reason <laughs> it was fun. exciting is because of a reason that isn't supposed to even exist in sprint races. I don't care. It was still fun. Great, let's have a race on a Thursday as well then. And a race on Wednesday. <laughs> and a race on Tuesday. Let's My just have nothing is, in life. Races on Sunday are, can be boring. So why can't the Saturday be fun? But they all have pit stops and they all have strategy. <laughs> We're going to have to agree on this, folks. Uh, I would hope we can agree that Sunday's races have pit stops. Yes, but that was obviously a slip of the effing tongue, folks. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Good. they still suck. We'll have a short break. We'll be back with <laughs> Moment of the Race after this. Mine <laughs> <laughs> <Buying> are <a> meltdowns. <laughs> with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Harry, moment of the race. What have you got? Uh, there are a few contenders here. We've already mentioned one, uh, which was Yuki Sonoda living up to his Hall of Famous status and just, just not breaking anywhere. Um, I don't want to take all of them, so I'll, I'll, I'll go for... I'll go. For, there's a couple of great team radios. I'll go for Toto Wolf. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, as we've already mentioned, was, was the unhappy bunny today in his Mercedes. And Toto found, twice Toto found the need to go on the radio and tell him to get on with it. But the second time when he said, I know the car is bad, please drive it. That is, <laughs> that, that's brutal. Uh, what a what a message. Also, how I, I kind of see what he's trying to say, but it, in his head, do you think that sounded more motivational than it came out? <laughs> this car is terrible. Please drive it. <laughs> boring and rude. <laughs> Shout out for your job. Yeah. Shout it. Shut it. Um, 
yeah, that that made me chuckle. But there there are other team radios which I'm I'm assuming you guys will come on to, so I'll leave that. I'm gonna go to Sam next on this because I am gonna have to think of another one because I had that one as well. Oh, oh, no. oh no. Well, to give you a little bit more time to think, the uh the the details of the Aston Martin protest have just come out. And it is because they believe certain cars were not penalised by track limits when they went over track limits a certain amount of time. So they are expecting penalties to be applied post-race. So this is classic F1. Who knows what the result actually is if it's found to be true? It'd be really funny if those certain cars are from 11th down. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares about them. Sure, um, Aston Martin, okay. My moment of the race. Um, you know what? Some great on-track battles, despite it being Sergio Perez not understanding how DRS detection works, or Crofty on the Sky commentary box understanding that, you know, there is a detection point in turn three. Um, I, I don't, it suddenly decided that the DRS was only activating in turn one for some reason. Uh, I'm going to say it was the battle between Perez and Sainz. I thought it was a really fun three-lap battle. Went all the way through the lap, side by side. That's what you want to see, not just battles ending with a DRS pass. So enjoyed it, despite it being Sergio Perez's slight incompetence with understanding where the DRS line is. It was good fun. I think the the actual battle itself is the serious answer. So I'll give the slightly sillier answer, which is the team radio surrounding that very battle. Correct. Carlos Sainz being intimidated <laughs> by Sergio Perez. And what, what do you think he meant? I, I don't think he quite meant intimidated. Know. I think he meant intimidated. Do you think he meant like like crowded? Because they were getting quite close, like, you know, get crowded off, off the track. But I'd, I don't know. track limits, right? He's attacking. He's the car attacking. He can be wherever he wants as long as he doesn't hit him. Yeah, I, I, don't know what I don't know. I, I I thought it might have been something like that where he was like not leaving him enough space, but it seemed all okay. Um, I know there were questions about signs actually moving in the braking zone, but um, yeah, I I don't quite know what he meant because as far as I'm aware, and I will admit I haven't read the regulations from first letter to last, I don't think there's any mention about you can't intimidate other drivers by trying to overtake them. We've done it on the podcast. You know, we hey, intimidate we each intimidate. other all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, isn't it funny how those complaints of moving under braking go away the moment that the driver gets past? Never get brought up again, do they? No, are we still ah, getting penalised? It's all right. Yeah, never mind. We'll, we'll move on. But yeah, water under the bridge. So those are our moment of the races. We do have moment of the races from our Discord submissions. So um, if you'd like to get involved, you can join the Discord on these race day Sundays. Um, and then there's about 10, 15 minutes after the race is finished where we'll be asking for them. But the question is, will the soundboard work? Folks, we're on the old <laughs> soundboard today. <laughs> My old friend's back. Oh, Let's see chips. if it's back with vengeance. Bag of chips. Everyone's chanting it. We We're going to go to Frazzle. Or are we? Here we go. My moment of the race was knowing that if Max didn't uh, First time. stop for the fastest lap, I could have actually cooked an omelette in the time that it took for him to pass the line <laughs> and then for Leclerc to pass the line. Ah, Ridiculous. That's a quick omelette you're cooking there, son. Can you imagine an omelette with Frazzles in them? I know that's awful. I would like uh, a video sent in by Frazzle of him timing himself a 24 second omelette, please. 
Okay, now full disclosure, this might be the longest submission that Skylar has ever done. I think it just about reaches three seconds. 24 kilobytes. I know. Give some consideration for um, for the amount that we can store on here, Skylar. Come on. <laughs> Five second penalty for intimidation. <laughs> <laughs> Less of that. Well done, Skylar. Uh, Top dog. Inspector Seb is up next. Hey guys, Inspector Seb here. My moment of the race is DeVries having obviously such a good race beating his teammate definitely had nothing to do with Yuki's penalties and the fact that DeVries pushed him off the track. Nothing at all. DeVries is on the win. He's on the climb. He's definitely not getting his seat taken away from him. I sent some sarcasm there. I think there might have been some in there. Hmm. <laughs> a sprinkle, perhaps. I do have that's, to give a, a quick shout-out, though, for Inspector Seb, because they have labelled their submission perfectly. <laughs> Inspector Seb, Austria, M-O-T-R. Great. I didn't need I didn't need to edit the name of it whatsoever before uploading it, and I love that. Saving me time. Thank you, Inspector Seb. Let's go to All Good Always next. Highly breaking. I'm back for another submission after missing out the last Grand Prix one because I was just too exhausted. And if I were to record a submission, I think it'd be totally inco- incoherent due to lack of sleep. But anyway... Um, my moment of the race for this Grand Prix was when there were four cars racing for and battling for 16th place. I mean, it was exciting, but um, it kind of makes you wonder what's the point. But yeah, anyway, love the podcast. Love you guys. Bye. Oh, just going to kick the old depression there in the last little bit of that, that submission. Oh, just a little. <laughs> just bro- brought the mood right down. I love the tone. Let's go to Joy next. Can someone explain to me why Ferrari said, hey, we're going to extend your stint? And he's like, okay, but then they pit him yes. in the next lap. Was that to confuse people? Because it confused me. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I completely forgot that. Wait, yeah, we're going to extend. There might be rain at the end. Box, box. I, I think they were just trying a dummy, Bay which in. was a bit pointless because there was no positions to be gained. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, let's go to Norm from Texas. Norm from Texas here, and I figured I'd give my moment of the race. And guess what? My moment of the race that cemented this weekend as possibly the best weekend in F1 we've had so far was the K-Mag versus Albon versus Alcon going three wide into turn three, and they kept battling. And guess what? It was good. It cemented that this weekend in F1 was the best that we've had so far. So anyway... That's my moment of the race. Keep breaking late. And lastly, the best name today. Darth Fart Noise. (laughs) (laughs) My moment of the race was lap 70 when Charles Leclerc took out 20 seconds of Max Verstappen's lead. I thought this championship was back, you know, exciting again. Uh, But then... Max posted a fastest lap again. Okay, bye. Okay. That fastest lap could be the difference at the end of this season. Took the lead from 80 points up to 81 points, so <laughs> it's worth keeping an eye on. Did you guys also <laughs> see the um, the guy that does the jetpack stuff just fall out of the sky? Fall down. Yeah. 
It was like a cool. like a proper comedy cartoon sketch. Like he looks down at his left hand jetpack and like, he's like, oh, it's not working oh, no. anymore. It's, and then he just falls. My favorite yeah. bit of it is the camera cutting to Oscar Piastri, who's just having a drink <laughs> in the going. Ooh, that's all good. Ooh. Real highlight. <laughs> that's all our submissions for this time but we'll be back um for the review obviously of the british grand prix the review week well yeah oh, we'll that'll I mean. be next time we have a moment of the race yeah um yeah, yeah it's all it's all good well done, um, <laughs> slick rate the race sam out of 10 uh i'm giving this one an eight Ooh, harry i'm gonna agree eight I'm going to go eight as well. Three. We're all friends again. (laughs) Hey lads, we don't eat each other anymore. We all love each other really. No eights here, (laughs) but plenty of eights for Austria. Austria, every time. Great race. Can't miss. Solid. Great race. Great race. (laughs) Terrible. That'll do it for today's show. Um, before we go to Sam for the outro, just a, a quick mention. Um, we had the very tragic death this weekend of Dylan Ovantoff, um, who was tragically killed at Spa um, on Saturday. I know there was a moment of silence um, before the race today at Austria. We just want to uh, express our um, our condolences and our thoughts, of course, go to uh, his friends and his family. And also, um, since our last episode as well, Bob Fernley, who was a long-time uh, man at Force India before, obviously, it became Aston Martin, very integral to the uh, consistency and uh, the success that Force India had in the midfield throughout the 2010s. So just want to express um, our condolences on both of those um, before we go. But Sam, if you wouldn't mind getting us out of here. Folks, it's been a bit of a wild ride as the podcast and the race weekend has been. Uh, hope you've enjoyed it all. Let us know your thoughts. Of course, if you want to chat more, we have got the Discord that we mentioned below. Uh, join us, over 1,900 people, chatting all things F1 and others. So, you know, that's always nice. Make a friend. Um, also, we have got social media where we are late-breaking F1 everywhere. Twitter, Instagram. And if you're down with the kids, we've got TikTok. You know, have a great time. And if you want a little bit more content, every single month over on Patreon, we release two extras. That's extra episodes. You get two of those a month. You also get to with Breaking. It's from the top tier, which is just a really naff hour-long video of the three of us over a beer, just talking. Um, it does get worse every month. So, you know, you might enjoy it if you sign up. You also get discount off of merchandise. You get ad-free podcasts. Uh, and you get invited to our monthly gaming night before everyone else, which is always lovely. Um, I think that's everything for now. Hope you've enjoyed it. We'll see you in the midweek. What about where we are on Wednesday? I mean, it's no one's listening to it at this point, are they? Well, we might as well say it. Well, if you're here, still listening, we're doing a, <laughs> a, a, a semi-live podcast at the Williams Fan Zone in Piccadilly Circus on Wednesday. We're there all day. Come down and see us. Give us a hug. Take a photo. Look at some cool cars. You might be on the show. Who knows? Um, if you have listened to this, well done. In the meantime, I've been Samuel Sage. I've been Ben Hocking. I've been Harry Eads. And remember, keep breaking late. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. 
Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.